Ladies and gentlemen, back again. Uh, another episode of the Chief and Bosco Uncensored Podcast. Here where we talk about sports, movies, entertainment, everything as such. Uh, for this particular segment, we're going to go ahead and get back into it. Do a real reca- uh, quick recap of the Super Bowl that took place last Sunday. Uh, where the Chiefs took off to go see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay, Florida at the Raymond James Stadium. First time that a team has ever hosted uh, the Super Bowl in their respective uh, town. Uh, for this one, we all know how the outcome of this one panned out. Uh, the Bucks happened to root the Chiefs 31-9. Uh, Tom Brady gets the seventh Super Bowl. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, real quick, Bosco, uh, what was your takeover in this game overall? I think it was just complete domination from beginning to end. I think and it's weird because even when the Chiefs ran out the tunnel, I didn't, I didn't get ever at no point in time in the game did I get the sense that they thought they were playing in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. because they just did not play well at all on either side of the ball. And I think the Buccaneers just wanted it more, which makes sense because you're talking about a team full of players that have never won anything as opposed to the team that just won the year prior, so they don't have the same type of hunger. Mm-hmm. And I just think um, the, the Chiefs dynasty talk can come to it and Patrick Mahomes being the greatest quarterback ever can come to it. And all the, all of that shit can be put on mute for the next few years at least. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it must have been a very humbling experience for him. And I'm sure it was. But I don't know. They It's not that they exposed him really because he ain't had that much time to throw the ball. But... I'll say anything. What it exposed more than anything is the shit that I've been saying about him since his career started, which is he does make ill-advised throws, but most of the time he just gets away with it, which is why he is similar to Brett Favre because Brett Favre used to do that dumb shit, which make a bunch of bad throws, and that's why he had all them picks. But I just didn't think the Chiefs played well from beginning to end. I thought the coaching was terrible, and I think the Bucks beat them in every aspect of the game. Um, I know for me, looking into this game, uh, looking at it from the Chiefs side, I will say, like, I think we mentioned this one, once before when we were talking. I feel like those offensive linemen being out kind of showed this case on that one. Um, one and how, like, you know, people been saying, like, he ran, like, 500 yards before he could get to a line of scrimmage and throw the ball. And I, I think that playing in a part that uh, just coupled on with um, – you know, he made it's crazy because, like, as much run as he did, he still, even as he was holding down, he put some balls on the money. And, like, some of his key playmakers, like Travis Kelsey and, and Cheetah, they picked a hell of a day to not really uh, show up to the game because there were some balls, like, they just literally dropped, got hit in the face mask, like, weren't putting up there. And then I would say this, like, one thing I couldn't understand was, like, even with the pass rush and such, like, it wasn't at any point where I was looking at the game. I'm wondering, like, okay, if he can't even get hold on to the ball that long, why don't they give him a check down route? I didn't see that, or I didn't see, like, rarely was I seeing um, they leave the running back in the backfield to, pick, to help on the pickup blocks. Um, it was a few things that just, like, you would have thought, like, Andy Reid and Eric Bannemi would have made adjustments at halftime, and they really didn't. And then, you know, you pair that on with on the other side, like, you know, you look at the Bucks. I mean, Tom, you know, for as great as he is, he really just had to fill in the blanks. I mean, he had a, a very great game, and then some guys really made some catches and stuff. And, you know, he did what he needed to do. But, like, pair that on with the running game of them and how they would just, you know, drive, just keep drives going continuously. And then Tom would come in and fill in the blanks. Uh, their 
Chiefs defense really can pull any stops out for him. I mean, you pair that on with you can't score on offense and you can't get stops on defense. I mean, you got a recipe to lose 31-9. So, I mean, like you said, like early on you could kind of see the direction of where the game was going and it just happened to continue being as such. Um, I do think yeah, it was eye-opening for uh, Pat Mahomes, but it was definitely something to uh, – to learn on, see how they come back and adjust from it, because you know, even though yeah, they get rooted in the Super Bowl. I mean, regardless, next year, you know, you still got to run through Kansas City to get 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 your chance in the Super Bowl. Is that so? I think it was just something to take in consideration, um, just to see how everything was and whatnot. And now he's seeing both sides of how a Super Bowl can go. You know, go from you coming out to win, and then from you getting blown out in the Super Bowl, basically. So, just another learning experience. Um, I know it's been kind of noted before where he said, like, he hasn't really had that much experience of reading defenses. Uh, this is something definitely he could take and go back to the drawing board, really watch some film on. So that was my overall take from it. Um, yeah, that's really all I got on this one. This, this super, I, I think we had mentioned it, too, on that Sunday, man. Like, this, this Super Bowl it was kind of, like, boring a little bit. The commercials weren't really good. Um, overall, the Sunday just wasn't doing it for me. I guess. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of things. I don't. I don't believe that that it runs through Kansas City. I think we get too comfortable with saying shit like that because we're all, number one. We're assuming they're gonna come back just as good, which I don't think they will. Um, we're also assuming other teams won't get better, which they will. And if anything, all the Bucks just did. The this was very reminiscent of when the Thunder and the Warriors played in the playoffs in 2016. And the, even though the Thunder lost that series, they gave a blueprint to how to beat the Warriors, and the Cavs basically were the ones that benefited from that. The Buccaneers just gave a blueprint on how to beat this team. All you need to do, you need to have your secondary, you need a free safety over the top at all times, and you need a pass rush. Yeah, you need a pass rush, and it's not like the Buccaneers even blitzed. They were pass rushing them with four Before people, one, like yeah. it. And we're not talking about we're not talking about a, a secondary that has like Charles Wilson and Ronnie Lott and shit like that. No disrespect to them, but yeah, we're talking got, about they got well, rookies like Antoine Winfield Jr. and such. Yeah, like, so I don't I don't think it runs through Kansas City. And if I'm being honest, I say there's a better chance he never wins another Super Bowl than him winning one. And I think people get too comfortable with this. He'll win another one shit, which doesn't make any sense because there's. There's too many examples of that not happening. When Brett Favre won a Super Bowl, everybody assumed he was going to win another one. He didn't. Everybody assumed Aaron Rodgers was going to win another one. Not only has he not won one, he hasn't been to one. Everybody assumed Drew Brees was going to win another one. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Everybody assumed um, Russell Wilson was going to win another one. And the way shit is going in Seattle, I don't think that's happening. Even though we can argue, we can argue if it's his fault that they lost that second one. But, you know, we could say that for another day. But I think... I think people assume too much is going to happen in their favor mm. in the future, which history shows that just is not going to happen. So mm. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, this just put a stop on a bunch of shit on him being the best quarterback, which I didn't understand. This team being a dynasty, which I could have agreed if they would have won this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. There yeah, would have been a serious about. a serious discussion on it. Can they three-peat, which I would have said no, but I've been like, all right, that would have been entertaining, and I would have liked to see that, but it, it is what it is. I mean, it like I said, you, if you look at teams that go back to the Super Bowl the year after they win, the Packers, they lost to the Broncos when Favre was there. Um, 
the Patriots, when they beat the Falcons, they lost the next year to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this type of shit happens. The Chiefs this year, I mean, that type of stuff just happens. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, yeah, because I think, okay, yeah, you look in the AFC, like, yeah, I think the Bills, the Bills get even better next year. Um, there's still a few pe- couple pieces they put in place, and, you know, this thing can be different. Cleveland could be different next year. Um, there's definitely some indie, you know, depending on what they try to do moving forward. There's some teams, and then, like, even, like, you got teams like the Chargers and such. They get, the, you know, hopefully they're thinking with the coach that they just hired. They got pieces on defense. They can stay healthy. They got a young quarterback to build around the same way, you know, Pat was coming up. So, like, they feel like they got pieces. They got, like, a arguably a top five receiver in that, too. So, they got pieces to go with that, you know, just to try to build on, too. So, like you said, it's going to be a lot of competition, I think, definitely in the AFC going forward. But and if we being honest, if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't overthrow Emmanuel Sanders, they won the one last year. Yeah. So, it's like, you know, <laughs> shit like, stuff like that has to be talked about. Because I, I think I think people are so um, results-based that they don't look at, they don't look at the shit that leads up to it. Like, there was a lot of things that had to, when the, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. This idea that they deserve praise for by being down double digits and coming back, that's nothing to be praised about. Like, that's impressive that you won the game, but that's concerning that you're going down by that many points yeah. and having to make a comeback. The San Francisco 49ers, who I didn't even think were a great team, if Jimmy Garoppolo, if that's, if that's 95% of other court, starting quarterbacks in the league, he most likely connects that pass, and they don't, need, they don't even win that year. So mm-hmm. it's like... I don't know. I, I just think a lot of shit like that needs to be looked at when people talk about how good teams are and how good players are. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, also with this game, it's a minute. I, I'm hesitant to say who's the best football player ever because I think, I think that's a loaded question because I think Deion Sanders is the most overall skilled player to ever play in the NFL. Yeah. But I will say Tom Brady has the most impressive career by yeah, accomplishments-wise. Yeah, and I will sure. say you can argue he has the most impressive career in team sports in North America. I can't I can't speak on sports overseas because yeah. I'm I'm too ignorant when it comes to soccer and everything like that. But when you talk about team sports in in America, he has the most impressive career. It's more impressive than um Kareem, Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, anybody you could take from any of these other sports. I mean, yeah, especially for this to be a one year thing, like you said, like. I know for me, for sure, I have him, like, I have him definitely as the greatest quarterback of all time. It's always hard for me to really put him as, like, the greatest football player of all time because I've always felt like it's been either two. Like, you could say Dion, and I've always, me personally, I've always felt like Lawrence Taylor was. Like, I feel like I've never seen anybody else be that dominant and change things the way I've ever seen Lawrence Taylor. Well, it's weird because football, you can't, football, there's nobody that plays every position. So, it's like, all right. If you run through it, Deion Sanders scored a touchdown. There's only seven ways you could score a touchdown in the NFL. Deion Sanders has scored a touchdown six different ways. Played offense, played defense, played rushing. I mean, played running back at times, played receiver at times, played corner, played free safety. Um, as great as Lawrence Taylor was, we never saw him play offense, and he wasn't necessarily the best in pass coverage. But when you look at how he changed the game, when you look at quarterbacks, these niggas don't catch the ball. They don't really run the ball. Not really. I mean, scrambling is not the same as taking the ball in the backfield and running up the gut. So you don't you don't catch. You don't run. You don't play any form of defense at all. So yeah. it's like when we start breaking down these um when we start breaking down these positions, and same thing with Jerry Rice. When you have Steve Young and Joe Montana throwing you the ball, mm-hmm. it's still his his numbers are impressive regardless, but 
it's, it's a dependent position. Like, you're depending on somebody to get the ball to you. So I think I, his yards after catch really helps him out a lot, too. Yeah, I think football. Football is one of the few sports. Like, if you wanted to do best hockey player, okay. Best NBA player, all right. Mm-hmm. And best um, even baseball. But even baseball gets tricky because pitchers don't play the outfield. Most pitchers don't hit. So, it's like yeah. – even even that's another one of those sports where it's kind of weird. So I don't know if I'll ever say greatest player. I could just do greatest at your position, mm. and I could do uh, best careers. Because really that's what we're talking about anyway when people talk about best player. Because yeah. if you put up insane numbers but you never do shit in the postseason, then I mean I, I'm never going to say you're a best player. That's why I can't say Terrell Owens is better than Jerry Rice. And even though Terrell Owens is my favorite receiver of all time like postseason matters and the accomplishments have to also go along mm-hmm. with your stats but i don't know yeah um but me yeah regardless man shout out to them Tampa Bay get there a lot of dudes to get in the ring um in closing statements i want to say shout out to tom brady for the seventh ring and also i want to say shout out to LaShawn mccoy for getting his second ring as well that shit is nuts <laughs> this nigga really got two rings for not doing a damn thing jerry said clean as hell <laughs> That is hey, crazy to shout me. Shout out to Shady McCoy, though. They're going to be like, he got two Super Bowl rings. Throw on the highlights from the game. Well, he ain't really got none, but it's a bunch of hand clapping yeah. and shit. Yeah, you know, I dressed up, though. The nigga didn't even dress up for the first one. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, that is nuts. If you go back when they beat the 49ers, this nigga's in regular street clothes. I'm like, <laughs> yo, that is crazy to me. <laughs> nah, that, that's wild. But yeah, man, shout out to them, man. It's crazy. Um... I know I want to go with Vasco on this uh, going to fourth because you know now um, this year is finally over football. This is my favorite time of the year actually because now we get to go. I get to go into my war room and I look at a lot of different college prospects coming up going into the draft for next year. Um, so definitely gonna try to come back or what we see. You know maybe some potential picks um, right now. Um, we'll, we'll do that as we go. Before before we do that, I wanted to ask you. Because um, I think, what, your Falcons have the fourth pick, right? Fourth pick. Um, who right now do you think you guys should take or any kind of protection? Take somebody on defense. Somebody on defense. If that's what they need, take somebody on defense, please. Get yeah. an edge rusher. That's what. That's really what they need. Edge rusher. Um, I know for my Giants, we have the 11th pick. I don't think Jamar Chase, Devontae, or Jalen Waddle are going to drop that low. Um, if possible, I would like to get Jalen because I like him as a receiver and a, a returner as well. But I don't think they'll drop some kind of right now. Kind of invested looking into uh, Kyle Pitts from Florida. I'm also looking into uh, on defensive side. We go ahead and take a look at a guy like Quiddy Pay from Michigan. So pass rusher, edge rusher. Um, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. But uh, just going off of that, that's gonna be something that we kind of branch more into as we go down the field because now. You know, not only do we got to look forward to the draft, now, you know, the rest of free agency happens, stuff's happening. We've already seen, you know, even leading up to the Super Bowl, a whole lot of blockbuster trades and stuff like that. So it's definitely going to be a lot more information to come. Uh, I'm not really a draft person like that. After the second round, I really don't give a fuck. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, after the second round. Because I already don't watch co- – I've watched college football, but I would be lying if I said I watch a whole bunch of it. I don't. Um. Outside of skill positions, I would be lying. Like, I don't know who the best nose tackle or the best guard or left left tackle or any of that shit is. And don't get me wrong, those are all very important positions. But I don't 
outside of skill position niggas, I don't I don't know the rest of these dudes. Like mm-hmm. these guys that play these extremely important positions that that a lot of people don't care about, myself included. I, I like I said, I, who who was the best guard coming out this year? I don't fucking know. Who's the best tackle? I don't know. Who's the best center? I do not know. Nor do I really give a fuck. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not gonna do my research either. All right, all right. We, as we go on, I, I mean, I take a little note. So like, we'll bring something in. If we see something major, we'll definitely comment on it. Um, and definitely get more into that. But for right now, yeah. It's really just going to be interesting to see what happens in this free agency market and see what other pieces get moved around and such. Um, but for right now, yeah, that's pretty much been it. Uh, this has been a recap of the Super Bowl. I'm going into it. And uh, until next time.